hun, it's me, Danielle. I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Huns to Humans. I am so excited to be back. Um, as you guys know, at the end of our last episode, I let you guys know I was taking a break and I wasn't sure if I was going to come back and do this. But then I went to D.C. and I'm feeling very invigorated in my activism. So here we are. We're going to do a little recap with Michelle, who went to D.C. with me. Um, you guys have probably heard her story before. I'll link in the show notes her original interview with me uh i can't remember what number it is off the top of my head but um (laughs) you should go and listen to that because michelle has a really really just touching story um that if you don't know it you need to know it so yeah hi michelle hi hey danielle how are you i'm so excited to be here with you yeah it's a great Sunday morning in America. <laughs> <laughs> Although I wish we were together again. It was so cool to meet you in person. That was so amazing. Uh, it was so great to meet some of my, you know, internet friends, activist friends, and I mean, really the people I text every day. <laughs> right? And like, and I hug think your faces. Is, this is like a really interesting, like kind of counterpoint to our experience in MLM, like when we would go to conferences and stuff like that. And you would just go and you would see like the famous uplines or whatever, like famous within your MLM. Mm -hmm. But like here we got to meet like, I don't know, it wasn't like anyone of us were like fangirling over each other. It was all just like, oh, my God, you're a real person. (laughs) It was amazing. And you're right. It's so fun to, you know, contrast like the experiences that we're having in anti-MLM with the experiences in MLM, because obviously there's something about both of these, you know, groups that has attracted us. Um, And when, like with the conference um, comparison, like we went to this conference, not to see like a keynote, but to 
and, and not to go and meet specific people. It wasn't right. like, oh, if I make it to DC, I'm going to get to meet Roberta or Bill or Doug or anything like that. It was like, I get to go do this work with my friends who I'm doing the work with online. Like it was right. just really powerful and amazing and awesome. Of course, the first day when it was just us, um, the day before the conference was just like oodles of fun. So ridiculous. We so are crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think um, that's another really interesting point too. Um, like, what am I trying to say? <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know what I'm trying to say half the time. That's fair. That's fair. But like, we all went there and we had like this cool mission as opposed to going there and seeing Kelly Clarkson and watching like a Rachel Hollis type of character. Um, and like also in comparison, so at this conference, it was only um, in person for the presenters. Um, it was not open to the public at this time. Um, that might change in the future. It might not. We don't know. That would um, be so cool. It would be if really it was, cool. If it was both. <laughs> but um, but for now, like that, this is kind of what we're working with, you know, in regards to space and um money and time and all of this stuff. Cause I think that people need to remember too, like this is an academic conference. This isn't a sales conference. So there are some differences here in what that's going to look like. So as an as in the MLM space, we're used to going to these sales conferences and sales conferences are really showy. Even in not MLM, they are still very showy. Um, I've never been to one, but I have heard that from other people. And I'm sure that there are some that are less showy and some that are more. Um, but they want to get you hyped up to sell whatever product you're selling. And I think that's kind of like, you know, just another classic example of MLM, uh, how they take real things from real industries and turn it into their schemes um it is it's kind of um one of their biggest hooks is in so many ways like a shortcut to feeling like some kind of expert or some kind of um entrepreneur or you know very successful person in some other field a lot of what MLM plays on is people's desire to be able to do those things without putting in the time and so I I definitely I agree they they kind of I don't want to say like dumb things down but they they like um they do like take you know terminology and phrases and um even like institutional things and like the conferences and business coaches and and everything like that um you know all these things are legitimate right <laughs> and but when applied to this unethical system become unethical because then you're like the point of them is to like get people hyped up i don't think it's unethical to get people hyped up about consumer protection but to get thousands of people hyped up about some bullshit product that they're overpaying for so that you can coerce them into buying it and, you know, <laughs> boosting their own small paycheck. I don't know. It, that is unethical. Anyway, um, right. little off track there. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But like, so the, I think just like kind of everyone like refocusing, like this is what an educational conference looks like. It is 
you know, people presenting what they've been working on for the past year in the field. So the social media panel, we focused on the quote that the um, DSA put out from their survey, right? Um, essentially saying that the younger generations it. are not going, oh, do you have it? I have it here. Oh, perfect. You read it. Simmering since the early 2010s, an active and highly vocal anti-multi-level marketing MLM movement has exploded in popularity over the past several years. And evidence that it is catching on in mainstream culture, especially with Gen Z, has industry leaders and executives worried. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so that, like was, uh, that was written in Social Selling News um, in April of 2021. Um, and yeah, we, uh, we were given this quote actually by Bill Keep, and he was, you know, he didn't say this has to be what the presentation is about, but he did throw it out there as an idea. We loved it. We wanted to focus on this quote and the sentiment behind it as our theme and find out really, find out and present our findings um, on whether or not Gen Z really is turning away from the multi-level marketing industry. And if they are, why is that? And how can we, you know, uh, help that to continue? How can we help getting younger, get younger people into this consumer protection space? Right. Absolutely. So that's really what, um, we tried to focus on in the presentation. And I think it was really cool how we were able to weave that in. And also this is a topic that's really important to me. Um, if any of you watched the Q&A from last year, I actually talked about this at the end of the conference and I asked them, what are we doing to move forward? How are we going to help the younger generation in learning and being educated about multi-level marketing so that they don't make the same mistakes that we did? So it was That's actually right. really cool for me who like pitched that last year to come full circle this year and present about it. So amazing. I remember that conversation because there were so many people on there talking last year about um, <clears throat> how we can develop programs to um, teach better financial education to people younger. Um, and I loved, you know, there are conversations that came out of that. If anyone, you know, listening to this is interested in that, I hope that they reach out uh, to you maybe or to me. I don't care. Um, you want to get involved, reach out to one of us who are involved and we will find a way to get you involved. Um, and yeah, I, I loved that. I, I wish that there had been a Q and a this year. Um, time didn't allow for it obviously, but it was to me a really special part of last year. And I love that you pointed that out. I didn't even, I don't think I even realized, but it's totally for full circle on that. Yeah. Um, so what I want to talk about with you today is a little bit of like a recap on like what your presentation was, because, um, your topic is something I'm really passionate about. And that is how are we moving forward with activism? How can we help people who are more passive consumer consumers of anti MLM get more involved and feel like they're doing something? And just what does the future of anti MLM look like? And you have so many really cool ideas that I'm really excited about that I just had to have you come on and help me recap the conference and talk about this because there are a lot of people that listen to this. And I think that 
there are a lot of people that think, oh, wow, like I would love to do something, but I don't want to be a content creator. And honestly, I don't blame you. It's a Mm. lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you. Um, Yeah, I'm really obsessed with that too, with activation. That's what I kept referring to um, in my presentation. What I kind of wanted to do was I knew that I wanted to talk about um, turning, not turning people, not recruiting people necessarily, but like helping people change from just like a consumer of anti-MLM content to someone who can say, I've done something for the anti-MLM movement, whatever it is. And that may be just, you know, posting a public comment um, to the FTC when they're having one of these open comments periods like they did um, in January or December and January um, and last year. And that has always been since I came into the anti-MLM space, um, the accessibility factor in not just content creation, but activism in general is lacking, I think. And, um, you know, a lot of that has to do with the fact that this is such a grassroots movement. We don't have backers. (laughs) There's not, um, there's not someone paying for really any of this, uh, to happen. And yeah. Um, so I wanted to talk about accessibility in activism, but also like, if the problem isn't just accessibility, how do we activate those people who are watching our stories and commenting? Um, how do we get them to, you know, share this information with other people who don't already know it, right? right. Um, how do we turn our followers or our anti-MLM consumers into activists? And so we had our survey that we did um, that we got just a ton of feedback. And I am uh, I'm looking into how still to like publish that data because I want to do it in kind of, um, you know, a trustworthy professional way. Um, so I think that there's, there's a website I'm going to check out that, uh, has like tools to upload, you know, survey data for, um, data scientists to look over it. I'm going to see what tools they have for me to publish something. Um, because I really want to share our findings. It was fascinating. Um, there was, (laughs) we asked a lot of questions because we weren't really sure what we were looking for. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know, like we kind of collaborated, collaborated (laughs) to come up with all these questions thinking like, okay, like these are some areas that we're interested in, like learning a little bit more of some of these might come out as total duds and we just don't get any information and that's okay. Like that's the point of doing surveys is to collect the data and see if the information we're looking for is there, if the things that we think is happening are happening. So like we really, really, really appreciate anyone who did fill it out. Um, but really yeah, amazing like, response. So cool. We got so many. Over thousands. Over 1100. And what? I think we originally like, we wanted 960. And that was like our big, like Josh Coates, uh, the Beachbody business coach would say our puke goal, <laughs> the goal that makes you want to puke. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. He's super healthy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we, once we got the results from that survey, we were able to kind of dig in and see, 
okay, people are, you know, showing us that social selling news when they said that about Gen Z was pretty much right. Um, we're seeing, you know, throughout these four generations that we asked about, um, baby boomers, Gen X, uh, millennials and Gen Z, um, over the generations, each generation has gotten more and more suspicious of MLM, thinking that it could be a pyramid scheme um, or a scam. Um, opinions show that, you know, people are joining less, um, fewer people from each generation have joined MLMs of the people that we surveyed. So all of that is really fantastic. And so I wanted to be able to kind of say, okay, my friends have all presented these survey results and we're analyzing them. Now, what do we do with them? Um, and I think a lot of the feedback was about that accessibility and, um, and one of the other, uh, so I laid out three um, key ingredients, in my opinion, to activation <clears throat> in my presentation, one of them being accessibility and the others being compassion and gamification. And I think compassion was one we saw a lot in our open-ended question um, that we asked on the survey. A lot of people responded that um, anti-MLM is really effective when it is compassionate. Right. And um, and less so when it isn't. I think we saw that across the board kind of. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think that this is something that people really take for granted. I mean, I, I have a hard time talking about this because I don't want anyone to feel like I'm attacking them at all. Like you make content the way that you want to make content. Um, You educate people the way you feel that is right for you to educate people. And that's not really any of my business. Um, but I do feel like it's really important to say, you know, we need to be there with open arms. And when we make videos that are attacking MLM reps and not the companies, you're not creating an inviting space for people to come fo follow you. And I'm not saying that it doesn't work. It does. It does get people out, but you're also losing people. It kind of comes back to what Mallory said in her um, presentation, her part of our presentation, when she was talking about the goals, what are the goals of the anti-MLM movement? And she pointed out, we don't have set goals in the anti-MLM movement. Each person who is part of it has their own goals. And that's good. That's fine. That's wonderful. Right. If your goal is to... Um, you know, bring people in with eye popping commentary and expose whatever, like, that's great. Like, that's your goal. My goal is to activate people in their anti MLM, uh, turn them into activists, uh, give them the opportunity or the tools or resources that they need in order to feel like they're becoming, um, or not becoming, but that they're affecting change. And that's what I'm focusing on. So I, I completely agree with you. And I think that, like, like I said, it depends on what you're trying to do with your content. If you're trying to grab people's attention, maybe that, you know, it's less about compassion, um, right. which is fine. But I do think that it is just super important that as, as overall, we just all kind of keep in mind where these people are coming from. They're, they're us <laughs> a right. few years ago. <laughs> right. Right. And, and that, uh, that is something that I, I talked about in my presentation that when I was in, I said, all I knew about anti-MLM was that there were people who really didn't like MLM reps. 
And that's all I knew. And so when I started to like question things, I wasn't turning to look at that content. I like, I knew that was going to make me feel bad. Why would I go and look at something that I know is going to make me feel bad? No, no, thank you. Yes. (laughs) And I have, I kind of have a story myself. I told this on Roberta's podcast, I think, but it was like the first time I'd ever spoken to anyone about my MLM experience. And I just, I didn't, I was just, I didn't know anything about this world. I was just seeing what I could find first in my search results, you know? And so when I'm searching um, the truth about multi-level marketing, what's going to come up? Well, probably a lot of videos about um, or promoting MLM, right? Um, and then the the ones that are going to pop up, the the eye-catching popular ones that or I'm talking about videos. I keep saying ones. Um, if we're looking for videos, um, the ones that the algorithm is going to push to me are uh, things that are based on my previous searches and interests. So um, the the MLMs themselves, right? Right. <laughs> and, um, and things that are currently or have gotten a lot of engagement and attention, which is controversial stuff. You know, it's the chaos machine. (laughs) The algorithm is going to push the, the engaging content. And a lot of the time that means it's going to be something that pisses you off and makes you just want to like keyboard warrior battle. Right. Right. And that's what I experienced a few years ago. Um, before I joined Beachbody, but after my first MLM <laughs> and I, I joined a few Facebook groups, um, that were just anti-MLM Facebook groups. I don't even know which ones or if they're, you know, even really big ones or anything. Um, but all of the groups that I joined were like, everyone was just posting like Hans in the wild posts, right? Just screenshots of like, look at my stupid friend who thinks she's a business owner and stuff like that. And Um, and I was just like, kind of appalled by the bullying that I saw happening in these Facebook groups. And it actually turned me off of the movement, not the idea. I still believed, um, and I think pretty much understood at the time that, you know, it was a scheme where only a few people are going to make any money and it's not ethical. And, um, I, but I left those groups, right. I didn't want to surround myself with content that made me feel that way. And I left them. And then a few months later, I was convinced to join Beachbody. Yep. And I, I just can't help but imagine like if my, if my experience in anti MLM would have been more compassionate, I would have stayed in those groups, maybe learned more or found some podcasts earlier that would have saved me $5,000 and a year and a half of my life. (laughs) Right. So I do, I come back to that all the time because I have personal experience in being turned off of anti MLM and joining an MLM because it wasn't compassionate. (laughs) I remember when I was looking, like when I was 
thinking about joining Arbon, I was looking at videos and stuff. So I looked at some pro MLM videos and I think I saw one of like CC Suarez's videos. Um, and I was like, okay, well, like clearly this lady's just bitter. Like, you know, like <laughs> one of the things that they tell you, which is true in a lot of ways is that most people, when they write a review for something are writing a review because they're mad about it because they got hurt. And like, on one hand, that's the point. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, like, you know, people want to like tell you about the bad things so that you don't experience them. But on the other hand, people that want to say positive stuff don't usually say anything unless they had like an overwhelmingly over the top good experience with it. That is so true. That is so true. It's true in relationships. I mean, just saying that it makes me feel like, um, I mean, just hearing you say that immediately, my thoughts go to this is why like my um, my friends who don't like my, my online friends usually don't like whoever I'm dating at the time. Right. Or my husband or my other friends that they don't know, because the only time that I talk about these other people with my online friends or whatever is going to be when I'm bitching about them. Right. <laughs> and it's, it's, it, it is kind of the same, or it can be the same with online reviews like Yelp and, and even like surveys. But I was always told that, you know, when we were sending out surveys after we sold a cell phone in the retail cell phone store that I worked in, you know, every customer would get a survey. And every time we were, you know, it was drilled into us. You have to actually tell them about this survey and get them excited about it so that if they have a good experience, they actually take it because otherwise you're only going to get answers from people who are pissed. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's the same concept. You're totally right. Right. Exactly. Like, and, and like you said too, it's the same thing about anybody. Like if anyone has like one bad experience with somebody, then they're going to scream about it. And that's all you're going to hear is how everyone hates Kanye West. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, he's horrible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really have many good things to say about him, but I mean, that's a case in but point. But like, why do we have to say anything about him? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, anyways. Um, so I kind of want to pivot a little bit because I actually tried something today because of something you sent me. You sent me a article today and you were like, is this even ethical? Like, is this okay? And I right. looked through the article and I was like, this is gross. It was an article from about Modere um and their new hormone supplement. And I was like, uh, no, these, this whole thing is full of health claims and it's super gross. So I trotted my happy ass over to my cell phone and I made a report to the FTC. And what I did then was I made a post about it on my Instagram. So I'm trying a new way to try to activate people and feel like they can actually do something. So I posted the article and I said, hey, read this article. If you feel the same way as me please go report it to the FTC. Um, and I'm hoping that maybe if we start doing some more content like this too, we can start actually like kind of corralling people into doing some stuff that's actually going to make a difference because that is one of the things the FTC talked about <laughs> in their presentation was it that is. there are not enough reports about frauds, pyramid schemes, and health claims. It's true. And I, um, okay. I've got a couple of points, but first I want to 
I want to geek out for a second about ADHD. So is that all right with you? Yeah. <laughs> so I was reading, I think I told you this, but I was reading last week this um, uh, article. I don't know um, where it was from. I can't remember, but it was about how one of the reasons um, that uh, people with ADHD, people like me, um, have problems like starting projects is because due to their like limitations on their what was it nonverbal working memory um they're not able to envision what the project will look like completed and therefore work back and find the first step mm. and i i i We'll send you this and maybe you can put a link to it in your show notes because yeah. it's super interesting or I'll, I'll at least post it on my social media. But um, it made me start thinking like uh, like different ideas and uh, wow, <laughs> Michelle cannot speak this morning and that's okay. It's because I'm really excited. <laughs> um, I think that what you just said planted a new idea in my head. And I love it because the idea of sharing out, Hey, I just did this and this is what it looked like could be something that brings down that barrier for people who have ADHD. Um, because one of the things that this article was suggesting with kids who have this problem, if you're a parent, um, is, you know, show them, take a picture of their room completely clean and show it to them before they have to start cleaning their room and say, this is what we want it to look like. Can you help me make it look like that? Um, and that, that is, that helps them get over that first step of like, okay, what do I do first? <laughs> I'm getting started. Right. And also, I think this is exactly what we did during the first commenting period was we, broke down and we showed people like I went in my stories and I made like a, a screen recording of me going in and how to fill out all of the stuff and then I think this was before you actually came up with the comment crafter so like I showed how to people how to go through MLM change to write their comment yeah. and you eventually showed people how to use the comment crafter to do that so like mm -hmm. we've provided several different ways for people to access this and break it down from just going to the FTC website, which can feel, I don't know why I get the yuck when I, it gives me the yuck when I have to go <laughs> yeah. to a government website. They're not pretty. They're not fun. This is one of the things that I said to the FTC. They're not accessible. Right. It just, it doesn't feel, and I know that like it's a government website, so it's supposed to look professional and clean and whatever, but Professional and clean is not warm and inviting and like, And hey, professional this... and clean is the opposite of what we know attracts people who are attracted to MLM, right? Right, exactly. Like we all <laughs> went for unicorn sparkle, empress of the world <laughs> titles. We weren't going there to be like CEO number one. Like right. that, that's not a title of any MLM. Well, I guess that's... CEO number one would be like- Carl Dykler, but <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you're welcome, Carl. Gave you that nice fancy title. <laughs> you didn't even have to join my pyramid scheme. <laughs> you're already but CEO yeah, number so one. And your second business center is CEO number two. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little but... inside baseball beach body joke for you. 
But so like one of the ways that I'm planning to try to move forward and one, hold myself more accountable because I'm not reporting stuff that I see enough, but also try to get people to report the stuff. If like, if one conductive criticism thing I could say about people that make videos would do is say, if you thought that this was problematic, go and report it to the FTC. Here is the link below that you want to include in your report. That could be huge. That could be huge. And you would actually be doing something to further the the government side of anti-MLM. Yeah. I just had kind of a crazy idea and but this is how all my ideas start and like half of them don't work out because they're just that out there but the ones that do work out are really awesome because they're really out there um <laughs> anyway I'm sorry I just um I was I'm thinking about gamification still right mm -hmm. because that's the third piece that I talked about in my presentation and it's for kind of the same reason like how do we motivate people to actually do these things even if they know how to do it um, is we need to make it engaging and fun and, um, and make people feel like they're being rewarded for the work that they're doing, even if that doesn't mean paying them for it or something like that. Right. Making them feel like they're being rewarded for it makes it engaging and makes them want to do it again. And subconscious on a subconscious level, it's what gets people engaged in the first place, especially in MLM. It's totally gamified. It's taken the whole concept of running a small business and turned it into a game where you get little dopamine hits instead of paychecks. Right. And all the profit just goes to CEO number one. Can can we take just a second to like further explain gamification and a couple of examples of gamification that don't involve getting money? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. What a good idea. Um, so well. The first example that I used in my presentation was Oregon Trail. Like that is like the definition of gamification, right? It's like came out in like, I think the early 90s, maybe late mm -hmm. 80s um, before social media, before Google, before the internet. And it was like, uh, if I, you know, if I remember correctly, I mean, I was, I was playing Oregon Trail in like 95, maybe. And I remember I was in third grade. I don't remember. Yeah. Or third and fourth grade, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, 95 to 2000 yeah. was like prime time, I think, for Oregon Trail game. But I learned so much that I still remember. Like, why do I know what dysentery is when I learned about it at six years old? <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and that so that's that's an obvious example because it's literally taking education and turning it into a game so that's kind of where we get the name gamification um but another example um that i talked about was uh like nike running club mm -hmm. or you you have um you have a running app or something don't you yeah i have couch to 5k there you go couch mm -hmm. to 5k is a really good example you're not getting paid to use it or no. you, you might be paying to use it i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but um it's taking you know you have this goal I want to be able to run a 5k I don't know what to do right it kind of plays into the whole like everything we've ta talked about fits perfectly together like puzzle pieces in my opinion and a vital piece is the engagement and motivation and reward factor and that's the gamification piece and even if it's just little dopamine hits because you get like a 
a cool sparkly gif that pops up after you hit submit or something, you know, uh, like that kind of thing. You don't think of it as um, what's pushing a business or a movement or uh, an idea forward. But on a subconscious level, it is because that's what's making people revisit and share it and share it and share it and share it. And I think that that's so important. And I think, you know, um, the running apps are really good examples of that too, but I, I have to get this out of me before I forget it. Yes. When you were, when you were talking about, um, how you'd like to go forward with, um, posting when, when you, um, when you make a report to the FTC so that other people can do so easily as well. Um, what if, have you seen there's, um, there are like Instagram accounts that just like repost things that other people have posted. They just like curate an Instagram feed. Um, there, there are like apps that allow people to do that where you, you like, you share an Instagram post to whatever email address or to whatever Instagram account. And it is an automated process that then that Instagram account or email or whatever will spit out a repost for you so you can just repost it without having to go through and make a caption and everything I don't know how any of that works but I think I could figure it out because that's just how my brain works when I get onto an idea and um like what if I were to make like maybe out of MLM an Instagram account I already have um, into one of those repost accounts where it you can just like send okay this is totally not necessarily going to happen but tell me if right. you think this will be a good idea this is how my brain works if this is how most work, of our conversations go <laughs> it's true it's true this is how most conversations with michelle carpenter go um <laughs> um so you're on instagram and you see a just a wild health claim right from an mlm hun and you're like i know that this should be reported to the ftc what if you just had to like tag out of mlm in the comments and that Instagram account bundled up that post and reported it to the FTC. That would be really cool. That would take away a lot of barriers. However, here's the one problem with that. I mean, that would be great for it to count as one submission and it would count as your submission, right? But it yeah. one of the things that the FTC talked about was that the form letters of um things like when you're contacting your state reps or the ftc or whoever they don't want it to just be an automatic email so in one way i think that that's really great because it's getting reported and it's like eliminating a lot of barriers for people who just like can't do that like the Mm -hmm. the executive functioning isn't there or they wouldn't want that to be what you know is the only thing that's getting reported Right. I think that that could turn into a an issue, but I do think that there is something there that we could play with. Um, and like, maybe if it's even just maybe that maybe the Instagram account or whatever it is, will then like send them back just like the post. So they have it later, but, or, and direction like a link to the report gov or something. Right. Gov. Well, what if the Instagram, account had all of the like so it would say like okay this post is problematic um in my opinion and (laughs) if you also agree that this is a problematic here's the information that you need to report this 
Oh, like share, like have the actual account share it out so that other people who are following the account will also then report it. Right, exactly. So yeah. it kind of gives I everyone like a, this is what you're looking for, for information. I think there's something to this idea. I don't think the way I laid it out originally, but that's never how my ideas come to fruition. Like it's workshop. just throwing this out there and then we'll workshop it until it's actually right. But I think that there's something here that we can work with, especially now that I remember John Braille from uh, the National Consumer League was at the conference and he was talking about how his group is part of the Sentinel Network, which is, um, it, it's just, uh, or it's not part of the Sentinel Network, but the Sentinel Network, I guess, is um, like the FTC's database that they share with, uh, um, I don't know what they're called, but different groups or people who uh, are authorized to also report fraud. Right. Um, so like if you were, for example, if you were to report um, an ad to the National Consumer League, you would not then have to also report it to the FTC because the NCL sends it to the FTC through the Sentinel network. So one thing that we were talking about at the conference was maybe getting MLMchange.org or one of us or something set up as like an authorized submitter to where you can just report to us and we can kind of make our own report fraud form that is more fun and engaging and simple than the FTC one, but all of the information just still gets sent to the same place. Um, and, you know, as an option, obviously. Right. <laughs> right. It's not to replace it for not the FTC. It's just to give people who are looking for that, um, that need that engaging platform to do these things. That's going to walk you through a little bit gentler. It's a place to give those people access and that's great I think that that's mm. fantastic so yeah I think that this idea has something to it I know that you have a lot of cool ideas on your agenda you're gonna so tell me to stop I know no I'm not Take gonna tell breath. you to stop I'm gonna just say to the world like volunteers are welcome <laughs> <laughs> like volunteers there, are great um there there is something you can do I promise like, if, like if you're not wanting to be in a video or even share your name publicly that's not that's not all there is here to do I'm there's yeah there's so many things to do and I wonder too if people would be interested in like a workshop of how like what if we did quarterly workshops on zoom where we kind of had like an open invite to people to say okay we're gonna have like a, a workshop where like me and you are gonna be there every time talking about how we can do things differently and if you have an idea if you have if you want help workshopping your ideas to make them happen we're here to support you that could be I really cool that. and That's it would hold true. us accountable to keep making sure that we're moving forward and not just laying stagnant that is very true. I really like that idea. I um I hope that some of your listeners have feedback. Um yeah. because I would love to know like what what the people want. Yeah. <laughs> because I I could see it being super helpful to like I come this is a workspace. We're gonna body double for three hours and just do anti-MLM shit. Or even like um, you know, come with questions about okay, like what what do you do for a living? Okay, I'm a teacher. Great. Here's how we can use your skills that you have as a teacher in 
multi and anti MLM. <laughs> right. Right. Like, I think that one of the things that was kind of brought up when I brought up uh, the idea of how do we help children to learn this at an early age? Um, one of the things that was pushed back on me when I brought that up was that it is controversial to bring these ideas to schools. Um, so how can we get some more educators involved that know how to do this in a tactful way where we can educate about what is uh, what kind of business models are safe? But uh, one of the things that was brought up was sustainable, (laughs) right? If you have a, what's going to happen is there's going to be kids of people that have moms and dads and MLMs, and they're going to go home and be like, you're in a pyramid scheme. And then their parents are going to be mad and they're going to get mad at the school. So we don't like, on one hand, I would love for those parents to learn that they're in a pyramid scheme. On the other hand, Teachers have enough going on as it is, and I don't want to cause them any more stress and hardship by putting a controversial topic on their agenda, controversial quotation. I think that we can all agree that scams and frauds are not controversial. We don't want them to. I guess we just disagree on what is a scam and fraud. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) anyways. (laughs) True. Yeah. That is very true. I agree. That's and educators. Um, any <clears throat> any skill set, there will be something like, for for example, I I realize that I'm not the most articulate live speaker, and so because of that, I don't love live speaking. I don't enjoy it because I'm self conscious about it. But what I do love doing is coding, and when I got into anti MLM didn't really ever occur to me that there could be any kind of work that I could do using my knowledge in like code languages to move this movement, (laughs) to help this movement in any way. And I was really, really wrong because what I have been thanked for most since speaking out about MLM a year and a half ago was building that website. And I wouldn't have been able to do any of that. Um, I wouldn't even have the idea to have done that if it weren't for my um, tech experience. And so I and I think that sometimes it just takes someone else pointing out, you know, here's here's, you know, where we could really use that skill. Um, it would be good to to workshop things like that together. I think that's super awesome. Yeah. I wonder if we could get Roberta on board with the idea of doing a town hall together I'm sure that she would be on board it would just be whether or not she could attend all of them or not um because she's all about helping people and doing Mm -hmm. all the things but she would be like so helpful in all this I mean so many ideas (laughs) I know oh my gosh was there um Was there any more from the presentation you wanted to go over that? Yes. I wanted to actually circle back to some of your other ideas that you had um, that we didn't come up with today. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So like, what are some other things that are on the horizon for you of like things that you are hoping, like, I guess we'll call them passion dream projects, sparkle princess. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. Uh, so my, um, my passion dream sparkle princess project right now, my like, ideally what I would like to do, um, is build an app that, um, that is, so I have two different, I have two different threads, but they're kind of the mm -hmm. same idea. So, um, for people in MLM, it would be an app that is not anti-MLM, but it just helps them track their profit and loss. Right. Right. Um, but for like the idea originated with just like a, a tool um, that makes it easier for people to calculate what all they have spent in multi-level marketing. I have an idea for what you should call it. <laughs> what? You, you could, sorry, I don't want to shit on you. Uh, you could, <laughs> you could call it, um, just like simple, like MLM profit tracker. Mm. Um, because that highlights the profit, which, so that would make it more encouraging for like people that are in to recommend it to others. Cause that was my feedback to you is that people aren't going to recommend it to them because they are going to be like, they're going to see that they're losing money. Why would they do that? Um, it's like, you know, the uplines are going to be like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really smart. I like that. A profit tracker, people who are maybe like, you know. We know buzzwords matter. <laughs> yeah. In the cognitive dissonance of it all are not going to kind of realize exactly what's going on. So that, I think that reframe alone, that just made my brain sparkle like crazy. So I love that. Um, oh my gosh. This is what it's all about. Right. right. Um, but I like, I love my favorite. Oh, okay. One of my favorite things, one of my favorite things like period in anti MLM is Megan Williams book. Yes. <laughs> um, what is it called? Cut cutting ties healing after MLM. Yes. And she has like this whole section in there that like opened my eyes to how much money I had actually spent on Beachbody because I was only looking at what I had directly paid Beachbody. Right. But she really helps you kind of break down like what you spent because you were in Beachbody, not necessarily just what you spent on Beachbody. Right. right. <laughs> and so I really like, I've talked to Megan, um, you know, I want to uh, meet with her and get her, you know, input on, you know, what the questions should be, or maybe she even wants to help design it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're going to chat about that, but really it was her idea and I would like to gamify it. <laughs> yeah. I think that that's amazing. And I think like, I know that I, when we originally talked about it, I like shot you down a little bit, but <laughs> now that I like was able to reframe that in my head to like that, I'm like, See, it sometimes for people with executive functioning things, it just takes that reframe for them to be able to see the possibilities. And I think that that is something that we as a community need to be very aware of. Um, because especially, especially when you're neurodivergent, if it is not presented to you in the right way, it's a no-go. When you presented that to me, I was like, Michelle, that's not going to work. <laughs> you were pissed. <laughs> But now that we're talking about it again, and my brain had a little bit of time to recharge and like think about some things, and I was able to reframe that, I'm like, oh my gosh, with the right language, this will be successful. It's exactly. not, again, 
we have to remember too, guys, like we're not going to save everyone. We're not on a mission to save everyone. We're here to help as many people as we can. And as long as we're remembering that and we're going about it with the right language and compassion, we will help so many people. And it's so cool. It's so cool. (laughs) I'm unbelievably jazzed. I think we had, I think we had like maybe five dance parties in DC. (laughs) We were just so hyper about activism we're like we're gonna save the world from MLM and I just love feeling super hyped up like that and you know that's the point of conferences right right? like we know that (laughs) that wasn't really the point of this conference because it was an academic conference people were presenting their research and we were presenting um you know hey here's the social media guys you know um (laughs) we're we're showing the academics what's going on in the social media space because they're not watching it so and well, that's fine. actually what I think we did learn was that they are apparently yeah though well, that's what I thought we were doing you're right but then we got there and they're like love it yeah, <laughs> yeah. so like if you are a content creator like People who are doing the the other side of this, the academic work, they do care about what we're saying. They like that was one of the biggest takeaways for me was that people care. And it was so That's cool funny. to see that. But so like you were just saying, like feeling jazzed about moving forward I think that that's what these like kind of town hall meetings could be if we moved forward with that. Um, so I'm hoping that when I post this, I will have um my Instagram feed there, like, you know, the Instagram post and people can comment and talk about if they would like to be a part of that. Um, and I'm more than happy to share my zoom link to create a space for that to happen. Um, and we can plan it out. I can share about it on the podcast. Um, so that way you guys know when it's happening, I can share about it on Instagram. So those people know when it's happening and like anyone else in the community that wants to be involved, We can do that and we can, I mean, it will take some time probably to work out the kinks of this, but I think that would be really cool because if we did this more often, people would get excited instead of like just the, you know, when you get a nice message from somebody saying that you helped them, that's really, really cool. And it's really, um, that lights a fire under my butt for sure. Mm -hmm. But I think that this would be a way to help each other stay motivated, um, and just remember that we're not in this alone. And there are other people with other ideas that have things to say. I completely agree. I, I'm i excited about this idea. All these ideas. Yeah. Like so, this conversation here. Like if we yeah. can facilitate something like this, but for many people to yeah. talk together and collaborate and and, you know, just work together. I mean, we're, I think anti-MLM is really good at um at pulling each other up right like we know what it's like to watch our friends and the our people that we're working with every day Mm -hmm. um just like either shoot to the top and leave us behind or um or just like fall off right there is no like consistency in MLM and I think that we need to just kind of cultivate a uh you know a consistency 
within anti-MLM that people can kind of rely on that doesn't feel like the same, um, like the same game over again, you know, like I, I kind of, I can see how, like, um, if you're really excited about anti-MLM, you've just left a company maybe, and you're really excited about anti-MLM, you speak out about it. And then after a few months, it's just like, okay, my content's kind of going back to what it was before. I'm not quite as hyper fixated on Mm -hmm. anti-MLM. You can kind of, because of the way the algorithm works and the way social media affects our brains and you know, that can pull people back into MLM. It can pull people back into unethical business practices, maybe even in a different, in a different business, but they're, they're not carrying over that information because it's not consistently present. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And I think that if there was consistency in that message and always someplace that people could go to find this stuff. I think that it would just be better. (laughs) Absolutely. And I volunteer as tribute to keep everyone on task because as we learned, I am really good at that. (laughs) You're so good at it. (laughs) Um, Okay. So what was your other idea? You said you had a second idea. Oh, did I? Yes. You have the profit loss and then... So the other one um, that I was kind of chewing on, and I think that I can work off of what we already have, the, like the framework that we already have with the comment crafter tool that is on MLM change. Um, that was, uh, well, Claudia Gross, who is a um, academic uh, in, oh my God, the Netherlands. Um, I'm like, where does she live? Um I know her name has a letter in it that I don't know how to pronounce. Um, (laughs) Anyway, she wrote all those questions for the comment crafter that we used last year. And I would love to use kind of the same idea and framework to, um, to create, develop a tool that um, helps people craft their own letters about their experiences to their elected officials. Um, So maybe you'd go in and say, like, maybe the first question is, have you actually been in an MLM? And you say, yes, or no, my mom has or whatever. Then it would, you know, come up with a curated set of questions for you to answer and talk about your experience that actually motivate you to answer them, which we can look into, you know, the wording and what motivates people to answer questions and things like that down the road. But um at the end, it, so in theory, because this is all not, I haven't done any coding or anything on it yet. It's all an idea, but um, I would really love to use the chat GPT for technology because they have like business licenses that you can get to integrate their AI into um, different tools. I know a little bit about AI. I know enough to know that with with the chat GPT tool, I could integrate it in a way that would help people just fill in or construct their letter, but it still be about their experience and their feelings. So, you know, at the end, you, you've answered all these questions, maybe not necessarily in the format that you would, if you were telling your representative, but once you've answered these questions at the end, it would say something like, 
all right, here's an example of a letter you could send. And then it just populates, you know, it, it puts everything in the right order. It adds filler words and corrects the grammar and makes it readable, but it doesn't actually make up a new story or anything like that. It just makes it a format that you're happy to go, okay, yeah, I'll send it. Maybe the form itself asks where you live as well. So at the end, you can just hit the same button or the submit button and it sends to all of your representatives based on your location and you don't have to do anything else. That would be so cool. I actually, I'm going to pat myself on the back again because I'm <laughs> such a little activist this week. Um, <laughs> look at me go, guys. I actually <laughs> called my state rep yesterday and I gave them a piece of my mind. <laughs> Did you really? In a four-minute voicemail. <laughs> Oh my god. That's longer than a TikTok video. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, good for you. I know I can't believe I didn't tell you that. Yeah, Um, maybe you did. I don't know. No, I I definitely (laughs) didn't. I think I did it and then I was like, okay, it's done. And then I just moved on to my next thing on my list of things to do. Um, but I'm surprised I didn't tell you guys because you guys are so casual. Yeah, you know, no big deal. Just reaching out to my elected officials and telling them what's up. I know. I didn't even get my dopamine hit from telling you guys about it. <laughs> the, the dopamine must have just been that good from actually doing it. Yeah. And like, I think that that's the thing too. Like if you're calling, like call and then post about calling, like let's make activism cool guys. Um, Like it, it can, it is cool. It's cool to care and don't let people think that not caring is cool because it's, it's not like yeah. we need to care about each other to make more changes. And the more we report, the more that we speak out, the more that we're able to get the word to people that are making a difference, the more changes that are going to happen. Absolutely. I think advocacy and activism can be easy. Um, there's just a lot of Uh, There are a lot of different kinds of barriers that people can experience, and it's not necessarily that all these barriers are impossible to overcome. It's just that um, there isn't really anyone out there solving multiple of them. Does that make sense? Like, um, your barrier is going to be different than mine, even slightly. (laughs) And if we're just doing absolutely everything we can to address as many barriers as we can identify, then there is inevitably going to be growth in this movement. (laughs) Right. And so all I did to call my state rep was I just Googled who's my state rep and it just had me, I think I just had to put my town in and then it found it for me and I gave her a call and left a message. That's wonderful. A whole, like, what happens from there? I have no idea. Maybe I'm going to call every week or every other week and essentially say the same thing over and over again until somebody calls me back. I'm not really sure, but they get paid to talk to me so and to hear my thoughts and to represent by me. you. Yes. <laughs> they get so, paid by your tax dollars. <laughs> right. Exactly, guys. So you know those fancy things that we need to pay right about now <laughs> or hopefully get money back from? fingers crossed um but like it's okay like it's okay to be annoying about this stuff you're not being annoying about this stuff you're doing what you're supposed to do and the more we can do it the better just please do it (laughs) 
and post about it. I want to like post about it and tag me in it. I would love to be able to share that people are contacting their representatives and doing stuff because they care. That would be 100%. So cool. I would love to shout you out too. Like yeah. I repost almost every story that I'm tagged in, just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. Like tag us, say like, you know, just do like a, maybe we can, is there a way that we can make like a fancy little, like I like, um, sticker for Instagram. So that way, like when you do it, you can use the, our sticker. Yeah. Um, I can figure it out. Yeah. This is like, um, most of our conversations are like, I wonder if you could do something like that. (laughs) And I'm like, "Mm, uh, that's a really good idea. I can maybe make it happen. See, that's what I, I'm the facilitator. You guys are the ideas guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're just the only one that I'm connected with that knows how to do like computer stuff. So like, I mean, and that's the other thing too, about having this like town hall type of meeting. Like I would like to have a group of people that know how to do stuff with computers that can all do these things because right now I'm going, Hey, Michelle, Hey, Michelle, Hey, Michelle, can you do this? Can you do this? And like, yeah, you can do it all, but wouldn't it be great for you to be like, Hey, you know what? You're actually really good at this part of this thing. And I'm better at this part. And it would be great if you could do this and then I can do this and then we can smush them together. And we have a big, happy FTC reporting sandwich. (laughs) Love it. Yes. Extra mayo. Yeah. Um, So that would be really cool. So I'm really jazzed about this. And even if it just turns into, uh, you know what, every three to four months we get together and we have a dedicated conversation about what we want to do. And and it's only me and you that show up. I think that would be awesome because even this conversation has been huge. Like I talk to you almost every single day and we don't talk about this. Like occasionally we do, but like, yeah. That would be it's cool. Wonderful. <laughs> so, Can't say that enough. I'm so excited. I that was do. my Danielle. <laughs> this is yes, that's my tagline. I am so excited. <laughs> you see me giggling when you said it about me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michelle, is there anything else that you feel like we should cover from the the DC trip or just the future of activism or how people can help that like we haven't covered today? I think we've covered so much of what, so much of what I'm currently really excited about. Um, I think the only other thing that, and I don't know, this doesn't really fit in at the end, but it's just Mm -hmm. something that I wanted to throw out there um, is that one thing that the the folks from the FTC um, told us a few times was patience. Yes. Because these processes, like the revisions that they're looking at, hopefully making on the business opportunity rule, um, any new rulemaking would take even longer. So if they go forward with the unfair and deceptive earnings claims um, rulemaking that they were considering last year, if they go forward with that, it's we're probably looking at years and years and multiple public comments periods. So one thing that they you know stressed was like, be patient and consistent because if we throw all of our efforts into this, you know, last year and this year, and then we don't have the patience to still be around 
in six or seven years when they're finalizing this rule, the DSA is still going to be there. They can swoop in, do the same thing that they did 11, 12 years ago with the original business opportunity rule, which was essentially charm the shit out of everyone who was making the decisions, I think. And um, and they sent and like a form letter. They sent 20,000 form letters. They right? did. They sent 17,000 um, form letters. And essentially they're, I mean, by form letter, we're saying like, like a copy and paste, like they got 17,000 copies of this one letter from different people, MLM reps, but like, they didn't put their own thought into writing this out. They weren't giving the FTC the reasons that they as an individual disagree with this or that or whatever, but there wasn't really an anti-MLM movement at the time. There wasn't that counter movement, that what that counterpoint, there weren't opposing comments, you know, even a hundred really well thought out, purposeful, intentional comments right. would have been possibly enough to, you know, be the counterpoint to 17,000 copy and paste comments. And I just think that it's, you know, really important that we actually are there through this entire process and we stay right. energized. And again, 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 I really want to bring this home. You don't have to be the most educated person in that comment thing. I remember when the comment like period was open and I was like really, really busy because I was working at an agency and I was opening my own practice and I was doing the podcast and I was getting married and I had all of this stuff going on. And I was like, I don't have two brain cells to rub together to write a comment right now. And I just sat down and I think I wrote like maybe one or two paragraphs um, like nothing fancy, just like, this is why I think this should happen and sent it on my way. Like I didn't write an, like, uh, academic paper, um, which I could have if I wanted to sit down and do that, but I didn't want to, I didn't have the time. And and, well, not that to. I didn't want to, I would love to do something like that for them, but I didn't have the time at that point or the space in my brain. So like, you don't have to do that. If you want to send a couple of sentences over saying why you think that that is perfectly acceptable. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It doesn't have to be great. And we have chat B GPT right now too. So if you want help writing, like go ahead and write it and then throw it into chat GPT and say like, make it better. Yeah. You can just say something like, make it better, fix this. You can say, um, you can say, I'm wanting to submit this on the public comments period for blah, 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 blah. If you get specific, it, you know, chat GPT being artificial intelligence will, you know, take your direction. And, you know, if, if you want it to sound more academic or something, it can do that as well, but it doesn't have to be, like you said, it's, you know, it's, they are super appreciative of all of the comments that they received last year um, during that ANPR that initial push that we did with the commenting campaign um, was brought up several times uh, in even like Katie's, Katie Daffin from the FTC presented at this conference and um, her presentation, it was, a, it was the last session of the day, not ours, um, but it's also on the website. Um, and I mean, Katie and I don't know, possibly even, I think Claire Wack from the FTC, who also presented in the first session, brought it up. They 
all are saying that these comments matter. They're, you know, they're being read. Um, and it doesn't like they want to hear from you how you think, how you speak, what's your experience. They're not looking for, um, you know, a, a, a stay-at-home mom who is who just left her MLM to write a 10-page academic research paper in order to s- prove to them that she was hurt by MLM. Right. Um, she can just say, I was hurt by MLM. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I had another point and I just forgot it. Classic, classic, but that's okay. I'm so excited, you guys. Uh, me and Michelle are going to nail down a day that we can have an open period of time on Zoom where you guys can join us um, and ask questions uh, and figure out how you can get involved. And you know, if you're unsure how you can be helpful, we can just kind of talk you through that and figure out what what nooks and crannies can you fill in this space and not necessarily like if you want to be a content creator awesome we'll help you do that too if you don't want to be a content creator we'll try to help you find a spot that will help us or help somebody else um oh the other thing i wanted to say too and like the i know that the chances of somebody who's in an mlm listening all the way to this point are probably pretty slim but if you are here and you are in an mlm they want to hear your voices too this isn't just about like we want to know what you like about MLM. I mean, like chances are we kind of, we being X reps kind of have an idea of what you liked about it, but they want to hear from you too. This isn't about silencing anyone. This is about getting as many people's voices heard as possible. Um, The point of our government is that they're supposed to listen to everyone and all of our ideas. So just because our ideas might be different than your ideas doesn't mean that you shouldn't reach out. So if you want to reach out and you've listened this far, I appreciate you and you should reach out to the FTC and tell them what you do like about MLMs and maybe also what could be better about your experience. So yeah, Michelle, do you have anything to add? No, I think that's a really, really good point to end on. It's for everyone. They want to hear from everyone and anyone and, uh, And we want to help facilitate that. Absolutely. All right, guys. uh, The podcast is restarting. So you can look for that. As long as I have an episode, it will be released every Friday. And I hope that you guys are having a great day. Oh, also, if you happen to get to this point, I did turn on subscriptions. So for 99 cents, you can subscribe to the podcast. And from what I understand, you get it ad-free on Spotify. So if you want an ad-free experience, it's only 99 cents and that's cool beans. It will help me to make the podcast better and just support a little bit of my time. But I'm hoping to try and get the podcast more edited and that would help support me in that venture. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope to see you in our open town halls and Michelle, you are freaking amazing. Thanks for making time for us this morning. Thank you so much, Danielle. Bye guys.